what's happening welcome to season two of apples and snakes the podcast i'm your host yomi shode and we have a whole new set of poets and are still focusing on what it means to be black british and a poet or spoken word artist if you're interested in getting a greater insight into the journeys of some of your faves then join us and keep listening saying that if you do like what you're hearing Remember to subscribe wherever you usually listen to your podcasts and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This episode, Josephine Reality Rollins and Adrian B. Earl share with me what it is really like to navigate the poetry scene as a poet with disabilities or specific access needs. Let's get into it. How are we both? It's... it's uh, hey, this is this is this is wicked. I'm loving this. I'm I'm, I'm absolutely loving this. I'm I'm loving this. With that, with that, with that, this individual that I'm talking of right now, I don't necessarily feel like my collection will be in the thoughts and the details that it needs to be. Because I remember Adrian was talking about this book. I remember when we got to this specific man in 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 particular, and then we had like a like a moment I was like what you know about him talk to me about this guy and I want to be I'm very thankful for that I'm very thankful for that time and I think it, it, it um, we bonded a lot closer just through all of those discussions as well which was which was super awesome um, and I'll just get into further ways in terms of how you just supported me as a as a as a writer and coming to watch Colt, which I really appreciated as well. But yeah, we'll get we'll get into the mix. We'll get into the shits in our own way. Do you know what I mean? And in this corner, folks, this I would just say out and out. This is my my second mum out and like literally, literally from 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 boy. How am I even, how far back do I go? Like when when I was just stepping into the scene as as a poet, before I ever knew anything about solo shows, before I ever knew how we even kind of considering spoken word or poetry or how we kind of work into it, how one presents themselves on a stage. I'm seeing this poet here getting a book signed. I'm like, what? This is not one book, not two books. I'm just like, it's 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 amazing. And also with the work, that I've just seen reality, just building a community. It's been incredible. I am, I am literally one of a number of of poets and folks that are like standing on the shoulders of 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 amazing folks. That reality. It's an absolute pleasure to have both of you in this conversation. How are we? How how how? How I'm, I know I, how I know how I am feeling. How are both of you feeling? How talk to me? Talk to me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm achy today, so I'm a bit on slow motion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, within myself, I'm good. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah? Um, yeah, yeah. Adrian, how are you feeling? <laughs> similar vibe. <laughs> very, very similar vibe. Um, I'm I'm a new dad, so I'm running on definitively not enough sleep uh, which is making uh, the old meat suit misbehave but yeah no it's great to be here it's great to see you hear me as well yeah, <laughs> trying, to, trying to catch this man <laughs> <laughs> baby 
Yo, Adrian, congratulations. Um, congratulations, congratulations. Uh, listen, I'm I'm with you on this like a sleep business. I had a 5:20 a.m. sleep. Yeah. This this is is brutal. So don't worry. Yeah. Ain't stopping anytime soon, my guy. Ain't stopping anytime soon. Yeah. You stay That's there. 18 years, man. <laughs> congratulations, congratulations. Um I am aware of the work that you both do um, and continue to do. There are listeners that have no idea who you are. Um, it'll be a pleasure to to just hand over to you for, for let's give it like a minute or so. Um, if you don't mind, just speaking to the people and, and telling them a bit about the work um, you do. Um, where you're at at the moment presently how are you feeling your energies like um, yeah 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 um, Adrian do you mind going first yeah sure um, gosh so yeah I'm Adrian Beale. Um I've been performing for far too long under the name Think Right Fly I do audio weird stuff and video weird stuff it's all poetic um, in terms of like the writing stuff <laughs> I'm really genuinely caught in writing stuff now because I've departed so much from like what you could call like this is a poem this is a story this is a this this is a that like everything kind of blurs because I'm like my thing is breaking language and finding new ways to kind of reconstruct things and making poems that aren't poems and mm. stories that read like something else and yeah that's that's always been my vibe and um I've had a couple of years <laughs> now, um, thanks to uh, the world taking its ball and going home to kind of focus on like what that means to kind of recontextualize how you use language. Mm. Thank you. Um, reality. Hi. Um, what do I do? Um, for me, spoken word, I guess, in some sense, is like telling little short stories, like snippets of people's lives. Um, yeah, the stuff I do is all life-related issues um, that just cover a range of things. I guess some things that are not, you know, often talked about and what have you, but um, I feel the need to explore. I, I think for me, it's more, it's not really more, I wouldn't say I see it as performances, for me, it's more like delivering messages to just kind of give people more food for thought, um, better understanding about, you know, different types of situations. You know, I mean, we're human beings. We are often judgmental and stuff, and we often see things just kind of one way. You know, it's like if we see somebody begging on the street, we just think, well, you know, they need to kind of get themselves together and sort themselves out. But you don't know the journey. For me, it's like, why are they begging? They wasn't born beggars. You know, so what has led them up to that point to be where they are? So mm. for me, there's, you know, there's there's a backstory behind everything, I think. And there's always, a you know, a different kind of understanding that you can gain. You know, there's always something behind the things that we do, mm. you know. Um, and it's just, yeah, just having that broader, broader mindset, to be honest. And um, I guess setting a stage for you know, opening things up, if it's for self-examination, if it's for better understanding with somebody else, for whatever it may be to that individual person, you know, you take what you 
you know, you will from it. So for me, it's about leaving people with something after. We can all clap in the moment. I always say this. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. You enjoy something or you feel something. But it's what do I leave you with after? Have I given you something to think about? Do you look at it a little bit differently? You know, will your outlook change? Do you self-evaluate? Yeah. That's what it is for me. And um, both of you, I think there's something in how you experiment with your work. And I always wondered if you... Uh, it's weird, it's weird. It's... It, do you, where you write from, do you take the audience into consideration or do you, are, are you just like, listen, I'm just going to write this. I'm going to share this. You take this how you take it. Your business. Ain't going to have to do with me. You deal with it how you deal with it. But this is how I'm going to experiment with it. So Adrian, there was one time I think it was, um, I believe it was Verve um, Poetry Festival and I saw you with the, Oh, uh, I just saw you with the tech. I saw you with the. I, I think it was the beat. I, I, for the life of me, I'm not. I'm not sure what you was using, bro. I have no idea. <laughs> I just saw you pressed all these different things and all these different sounds were coming out. And then you took a moment, and then you doing the poems, and then you went back to the beat. I'm just like, yo, this looks hectic. <laughs> I was just like, listen. This looks. I, I listen. There's certain things. Yeah, I'll be like, yeah, I rate. Uh, yeah, I rate, man. In it, um, if I'm looking like I'm about to do it myself, but then something looks a bit too stressful. You're like, nah, listen, easy. Take that on board. It's yours. Um, reality. There's plenty of times that I've seen you go into these poems, and sometimes it's just uncomfortable for that audience in terms of what you're covering because some of these topics. It's not like we don't think about it. It's not like it's not happening. These things are happening, but you're taking that. On you, to yourself to share this work. Do you? Where does that come from? In both of your fields of work, like where does that, where does that kind of confidence comes from? In in order for you to do what you do. For me, I don't really know how to answer that. I will say the Most High, because I mean, this whole journey for me, I see it as a calling. Because as you know, um, literature and you know, it's, it's not something that I'm, you know, I'm I'm really into or such like that. You know, like exploring texts and those sort of things don't have any interest for me to be to to be honest. If I'm, you know, if I'm going to be honest, it's you know, I never had this great love of writing from a young age or anything. For me, I kind of just yeah, it was like an awakening. I just started writing. Um, there was no rhyme or reason to it. I, I, I just did. And, and it, you know, it took on the form that it took. Um, so it wasn't something that I really processed because I kind of always, I, I write as though I'm living through the experience. Um, it's not something that, you know, I did with thought or intent. It's just the way my work comes out. And when I write, I, I embody that character. You know, mm. so I'm 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 living through whatever that experience is that they're going through, mm. um, and that's just something that I I I just naturally do, to be honest. And it comes out how it comes out, and um, 
for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not making any apologies because when things are happening, they're not nice. They don't happen nicely to people. They happen the way that they happen. So for me to sort of, you know, try and, you know, edit it, shape it and think, oh, this is not, you know, it's, it's just too much. And, and some people have, I've had people sitting on and say, you know, they found it too much when I'm thinking, well, you're listening. And if you found that too much, how do you think the person in that situation do you know what I mean? Found it. Has, has found it exactly, and it's 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 life related issues. So, and there's a lot of things in life that will make us feel uncomfortable. You know, we will see our th- ourselves in a lot of things, um, and um, it is what it is. <laughs> that's you know, that's all I can say. I, I you know, I won't apologize for it. I can only be true to myself. People, you know, everybody does what they do in the way that they do it. And for me, I do what I do, you know, from an authentic place. And, um, yeah. And, yeah, that's it. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, it's mad because on the flip side, Adrian, I know you're a geek for this stuff, bro. I know you, listen, I know you are a geek for this stuff. You, we talk about like your thought, like your, your, um, your book. In your book, you know, I'm seeing you work with forms. I'm seeing you create, I'm seeing words bend in a way that I've just done. I don't, oh God, I've never seen this in my day of days. I'm just like, I've seen what you're doing with words and what you're doing on a page. I can see this in like art exhibitions. I'm just like, you can do all this stuff and because you are, you're not, you're, 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 you have a, a natural kind of, you are very curious in trying to see how, how writers done this and how you're editing, how you're yeah, editing, like how stuff. you're, breaking stuff down and all of these different so it's almost like I'm dealing with right now I'm speaking to two people that are like operating from different sides of the spectrum so to speak but they still require a genuine entry in terms of how their work is received right so do you mind talking on that a bit in terms of just like yeah Yeah, how you enter this I'm I'm really interested to hear like reality's take because like yeah like see I have always had this theory like all art, including literature, is kind of half of this like practice and half of it is intuit, right? And it's a sliding scale. So there's not like, you're, it's not a binary, you're this or you're this. But like talking to someone like, reality comes across as like a Jimi Hendrix style, right? Jimi, Jimi Hendrix was mm. not like a rigorously practiced, he just had this way of utilizing his craft to just make people feel. Mm. And often, if you like drilled him down into what he was doing and how he was doing it, he probably couldn't even tell you, but he knew how he to, he knew how to do it when he was on stage. Mm. And he was completely unapologetic about it. Like his Star Spangled Banner like almost got him kicked out of the United States because it was like people were not willing to hear the national anthem of their country sounding like that. But he's just like, but that's how it sounds to me. That's my truth of what it is to be an American. So that is how I will put it out in my playing. Mm. And often you will get poets who are like that. Like, this is my truth. This is the nature of my reality. And this is how I'm going to use words to spin it. Whereas I am kind of the opposite. I'm the Joe Satriani. As in like, I know what my instrument can do and I will practice figuring out ways to make it do the thing that will get inside your head, get underneath your skin and, and kind of kind of stay with you, hmm. whether you want it to or not. So my argument when it comes to difficult things is it's always about consent. 
always always about consent and that's probably because I work with a lot of like workshoppy peoples and often you do get some people who don't like they're not ready for it does that make any sense they're they're bringing something to the mic or bringing something to the stage and it's just like you're not ready for that like it takes a lot out of you as a poet to kind of make raw life experience at that level of intensity and that's why it takes there's not everybody can do it Mm. Mm. (laughs) not everybody can do it and I'm very, very aware of that. But my way of dealing with it is I utilize artifice. Like I will build structure into something to hide what it is that I'm feeling and thinking in such a way that when you come and unpack it, you get that. But it's yeah. like in a small dose. Um, but what I love about our different approaches is that you put us both on a mic at the same event and we'll reach people reach people These yeah completely because the approaches. thing because sometimes i'm just like do, sometimes i'm like do i want people to unpack my work to get to the feeling that i'm trying to convey or do i want someone to just kind of get to the work and you're gonna get exactly what i want you to feel and i think that's where you're both operating from but i think in both areas it 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 can be draining because it's almost like if I'm consistently, if I'm being as raw as I can be, that what that takes out of me is a lot. Whereas like if I if I package it, it's almost like I'm also containing enough. I'm like, where am I gonna? Where am I? Where, you, you where, how am I gonna catharsis. offload? Like, where is it? Where is it coming out of? Do you see what I mean? You 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 lose the catharsis with that level of with that level of kind of like construct. You lose the catharsis until, and this is the thing that I've learned recently, like a couple of years for me, until you get to the point where you've built the structure to do exactly what you need it to do. And then all of a sudden it turns from, oh, this is something I'm packaging my poem into, into like an amplifier. Yeah. And it just makes what you're doing hit so much harder that you don't need to expend that much effort. Yeah. Like writing a voice and getting it right it took me years to figure out how to get it right. But once it did, I could con- like I could honestly and constructively go, this I is not me. Mm. And therefore this I has power to say things so far past the point of which I'd want to go to. So like I can I've written I voiced poems now that are like so so, so past the point of what I'd ever experienced. Like mm. there's poems in the new book. One of the poems in the new books from the point of view is like writing to um someone who I know is like a convicted terrorist. Right? Mm. I'm writing to them in a form that they would understand using that lyric eye. I don't believe any of that stuff. That's not my personal opinion. But by putting that on the page in that way and performing that in that way I can kind of force the audience through osmosis to kind of consider what would make a person go against their humanity to that degree and you don't want to think about it but I'm going to give you the opportunity to think about it right now and I think that's where reality comes in beautifully as well because it's that kind of like cool I'm not necessarily going to speak from the eye but I'm going to speak from the lens of and you're going to get this this is how you're going to take this work and this is how you're going to understand this work. And I and, and maybe that's the bridge in that as well because I know, um, if you don't mind, Ria, just, talk, just to talk a bit about dance and movement 
um, in the same way that Adrian works with, say, music and sound, you also work with dance and movement in a way to kind of convey um, your work. Um, so, yeah, can we talk on that a bit? Because I'm really interested to know how you both kind of use other mediums to get your work across. But yeah, just on the dance, what kind of drew you to dance, drew you to movement? Okay, no, I've always had um, love for dance theatre. So I've, I've spent a lot of years, you know, going to shows and stuff and way, way, way back in my youthful days, I used to be a body popper. What? <laughs> Wait, hold on, can we just talk? You're not, you're not, talk, you're not talking too much in a oh, body yeah, popper. I was, this is I it. was <laughs> part of the era of the Covent Garden, Charing Cross, going to Spats on a Saturday lunchtime where Tim Westwood used to play. So we all used to go down there. So it was like a, yeah, Saturday afternoon. Sick. Yeah, you know. That's um, a vibe, <laughs> and um, Charing Cross because of the smooth floors that's where we used to practice the break dancing and stuff like that and um, yeah so Covent Garden and stuff that was a big part of my childhood for a time so I guess I've always kind of sort of you know been in it in terms of still watching dance and you know going to shows and things um, so it kind of it was the natural way for me to go I think in terms of um, extending how I put out my work. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, I think movement for me was a natural go-to. Mm. And, uh, so yeah, that's how I interweaved the two really and kind of just called it spoken movement. Spoken movement, feeling that. Um, Adrian, sound, what, what what drew you to just be, to mesh words with sounds and, and sonically just kind of taking over these spaces with your work? I'd listen, I'd it was the, the kind of, the lack of ability, <laughs> the lack of ability to utilize movement. So my, my, my body doesn't always work how it should. Um, and my, my left side had started deteriorating since, uh, I was a teenager. Mm. So, and I've been performing since I was 18. So I used to do the whole, yeah, yeah, let's stand up a mic. Let's kind of like effusive on the stage. Let's, let's bring, all of my body to my work and, you know, we, <laughs> and it, it reached a point where your limitations meant that you couldn't do what other poets were doing mm. in terms of their work, in terms of their space, in terms of inhabiting the space. And, well, you know I me, mean? like I'm not, the kind of person to kind of go, oh yeah, okay, cool. That's the answer. I'm very much like, cool. You say I can only go right. I will find a way to go left. Just, mm. just out of just that sheer. Mm. So you know, I'd, I'd start doing shows where the entire like show was just me in a chair on stage, no movement. But I could control where my voice came out of the speakers. Yeah. I could control the lighting in the theatre. I could control the sound effects and the soundscapes in the background. If I'm talking about walking through a field, you're going to hear walking through a field, and I will structure a work in such a way that there is me on stage but I'm basically not there and neither are you I'm taking mm. you wherever I want you to go and I don't need to do that with a level of kind of effusiveness and a level of passion that the other poets can do because I've got this other technological advantage that I kind of had to learn how to figure out how to do mm. but 
I can do it. So why not? <laughs> I love that. Um, I'm going to get deeper into that, but before we get there, do you mind sharing a poem, please, Adrian? Sure, yeah. Um, uh, this one is from uh, my latest book, We Are Always and Forever Ending. Um, and yeah, so this is called Leave to Remain, and it works in two ways. Um, because, I mean, you can't see <laughs> how it's on the page, but there's always somehow it is on the page of my work. Um, <laughs> because I wanted to look at the the perpetual uncertainty of, of the immigrant situation. Let's put it that way. Mm. So this is called Leave to Remain. I'm not sure if this is a poem or a dream. Nonetheless, I say, crack the window, love, for we invite the dark. Listen, we are travelers here, only ever visitors tonight. Leave as you find. We do not belong lacking the appropriate papers to stay. Till morning would make us criminals. Nonetheless, we crack knuckles in the dark, memorize parables in preparation for war. I say split when they come for us and we'll try to. Nonetheless, you sit in silence, thinking of loss, pondering probability, the rhythm of footsteps, disposition for quiet coalescing outside the door and sure of the nature of our endings, yet knowing they end, we wait. Two. I'm not sure if in the dark this is a poem, memorized parables, or a dream in preparation. Nonetheless, I say, crack for war, I say, split the window, love, for when they come for us, we invite the dark and we'll try to... Listen, we are travelers here. Nonetheless, you sit, only ever visitors tonight, in silence, thinking of loss. Leave as you find, pondering probability. We do not belong, the rhythm of footsteps lacking the appropriate disposition for quiet, papers to stay coalescing outside the door till morning would make us unsure of the nature of criminals. Nonetheless, our endings, yet knowing, we crack knuckles, they end, we wait. Mm. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to get sirens up in here while producing that, man. They need to kind of, do you know what I mean? Let's start talking, Caesar. I keep saying it's season one, man. Let's let's, start, let's have this conversation. Um, a clean, a clean, clean, clear line in there is saying we do not belong. And something around belonging is kind of working in my head. And I'm thinking about the spaces in which both of you, the many spaces both of you have kind of ventured into in regards to poetry nights and, and wanting to do a gig and wanting to do open mics and wanting to do and, and being booked for features and whether your needs are met, right? Um, Adrian, you spoke about like the left side of you and how the body, like literally the body and how, how that is deteriorated um, over time or what have you. Um, reality, even before we kind of kicked this off, like, well, even as we kicked this off, I said, how are you? You're like, yeah, the body's aching. Do you know what I mean? I know there's been many a times, whether you've come to see a show of mine or whether I've come to see a show of yours, um, one of the first questions you've asked me is around seating, is around like, is the, how was the seating in that area or whatever it is. There'll be times I've seen you um, the crutches, for example, in terms of just kind of like when the body is hurting. And amazingly, with both of you, you still make these shows. <laughs> you still make the gig. You still attend and you still perform. 
rest, irrespective of the pain, irrespective of how you might have woken up that day. And if you don't mind, just to speak on, just to speak on just the body, speak on yourself for a bit in terms of how, like really how you move from body popping days <laughs> to a point where you're just like, hey, listen, nobody's hurting today, you know, I can't even do it. And how, you know, we've had a lot of conversations where health is is a big deal mm-hmm. and health has in a way impacted on the productivity in terms of your, of the creativity, in terms of the poems, in terms of all the other things that you've done. Um, and I don't know how much as a scene we consider that. I don't know how much of a scene as a scene that is taken into consideration in terms of people that are not as up, sprighty, able-bodied to a certain degree to just do things. Um, it's fully not. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So, like, and I... And I say that from a position of someone that can like work and what have you. And and sometimes I even think, do I am I taking that into consideration enough? And I feel like in in having circles with friends, um, people that I'm in conversations with on a constant basis, I'm just like, all right, let's let's really start to talk about this situation a bit more, you know. So where do we um reality do you mind starting and just kind of just just detailing or just talking to us about your situation, how the body and how on days that you feel good, days that is not so good. And just breaking down to us, um, yeah, just just a bit about yourself, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Um, yeah, it's, well, if, yeah, to be fair, um, a lot of my time, most of my time is spent in pain. Um, I've been in quite chronic pain for years. When I was... 16 I had a road traffic accident I broke my pelvis um so that has given me a lot of hip and back problems but I guess where I was younger it was more manageable as I've got older um I've developed um suffered with rheumatoid arthritis and fibromyalgia and carpal tunnel so that's like a lot of my joints and literally just from neck down you know, there's a lot of um, physical pain if I walk too much, if I stand too long, if I sit too long. So it's like, no matter what I'm doing, there seems, you know, there's a problem. So it's not like if I get off my feet, it's okay. Because if mm. I sit too long, I'm uncomfortable. That affects sort of going out, going to shows. A lot of the time, there's not a lot of leg room, you know, between seats. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a problem for me because if my legs are bent too long um I get cramp um I often need to stretch you know like I move I fidget a lot I've, you know I'm cracking my back and stuff like that so uh, it can be a, um, a little bit awkward also um I have chronic fatigue which means I'm a lot of the time my focus my concentration and my memory is not as it should be. So in um, terms of my work, that's, I think, initially what took me sort of out of um, performing so much, wherever I used to be out and, you know, sort of being at a lot of events and things like that. Physically, my body just couldn't do it anymore. Um, Mm. The fatigue was just not allowing me or I'd get somewhere and I'd be totally exhausted and then feel completely out of sorts when I would have to perform another thing. It was affecting my memory. So work that I knew back to front, I was just completely forgetting 
Mm. And that's something that comes and goes. So I can have a day where I remember and then I can just totally forget, you know, um, the next day I could be looking at the same piece and I won't even remember it. And sometimes I can't even remember like the titles of my work and I'll be thinking, what is that called? And it, it just doesn't marry. It just doesn't come together. Mm. Um, so in that sense, um, yeah, it's, taken a lot and in terms of like doing school stuff like workshops and things like that it you know that became difficult because you bought things but unfortunately for me I I never know kind of you know what's going to happen on what day so I can have a day as you know you can see me and I'm fully functional and then I may not get out of bed for the rest of the week mm. so you know and people you know people you know obviously when you're out you're dressed you're thingy you know, you present well, but sometimes what people don't understand is what it takes for me to actually get through my front door. You only mm-hmm. see me when I'm out. <laughs> like you don't see the the process and the struggle of getting up, getting mm-hmm. ready, just even doing basic, like just getting washed and it, it's, it's energy and it's tiring. Um, or even I can be functioning while I'm out. When I come back, I totally crash. So then there's that other side of it. Again, what people don't see, they don't see my before and my after. They see yeah. the bit in between. Sometimes the bit in between shows, sometimes it doesn't, you know. Mm. Um, but for whatever I do, there is normally a, a, a physical price to pay, <laughs> yeah. so to speak, you know, for That's being so out. And that is a lot of what people don't understand. They just see, you know, she's up and dressed and, you know, she looks together. But, um, yeah, they don't, they don't understand what it takes to go through the front, get through the front door. Believe mm. me, it's a lot. It's a lot. That's so familiar to me. I, I don't want to be presumptuous. Mm-hmm. Like, do you often feel like almost like the, the, the better you're coping, the worse it actually is? <laughs> because the more effort you put in, yeah. people go, oh, yeah, you're good. You're good. Yeah, yeah, you look well. <laughs> you, you look well. Like, even to the point where like, I've changed, I had to change the way that I, I had to change so much about the way that I engage with the rest of the world. Like, I, I remember first time um, we met you and you were like, oh, how you doing? You good? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm still here. And you kind of looked at me like, Mm. All right, is everything all right? I'm like, yeah, no, that's good. And like, you realize that that's just my default response. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. And he asked me about it. I was just like, well, if I say I'm good, I'm lying. Yeah, fully. <laughs> if I say I'm good, I'm lying. Yeah. Like, so I say I'm still here. And often, that's what people want to hear anyway, right? If if I'm if somebody goes, oh, yeah, how you doing? I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I can't feel my left leg. It's been there for two days now. I don't know what's happening. Don't know when it's going to come back. But people go, oh, oh, oh. Uh, all right, I didn't want to. I was like, well, you asked, so. Yeah, no, but you know what? That's your truth. Yeah, and so when people do ask me, I'm like, yeah, I'm cool, but I'm, you know, I'm in pain because I'm in pain. I'm not going to pretend I'm not in pain. If I'm in pain, I'm just in pain. If I'm tired, I'm tired. Yeah, I'm cool, but I'm tired. Do you find it in, like informs the way you work? Because like, I, very, very similar actually to you. My, my left side deterioration started from hemiplegic migraine. So I've got um, bad, 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 bad headaches nearly all of the time. And um, fibromyalgia was thrown in the mix as well because my body hates me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's that? What's that? Um, 
Arlo Parks, is it? Like, strange. It's, it's so cool, the mind, the things your mind can do for no reason. It's like, yeah, I heard that line in Black Dog and I was just like, yeah, no reason, just years of headaches. No reason that they can find. Um, okay. But the first thing that I did when, like, it had, I think it was this, I can't remember the gig, I've pretty much blanked it now. But basically it was, yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I get on stage, blank. Mm. And this is a feature set. Yeah. So this, is, this is no open mic stuff. I've got 20 minutes and I've never written anything. It's gone. Just all gone. Mm. Like, I, if you'd asked me that moment where I lived, I wouldn't have been able to tell you. Mm-hmm. My brain was just empty. And I was like, I can't have that happening again. And it was actually, um, searching my wife, uh, Nita, um, she thought, she said, she's like, why'd you put so much pressure to remember stuff? I was like, well, it's, it's, you, it's what you do, isn't it? It's what you know. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's what you do. You are saying it's what you do, and you're settling with that. And I was like, you know what? It's a good point, actually. I don't do that with anything else. I ain't gonna do it with this. <laughs> so then I started turning up to gigs with my book. And at first, I'd be cheeky with it. I'd be like, oh, this is what I want you to buy. So I might as well read from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but after a while it was like it's actually really good it's like I don't I don't need to why should I have to memorize all this stuff I can read and I can read and I can make the dramatic reading a thing like they will literally pay actors to just read a script in front of an audience and everybody will clap you get authors that they, they just sit in a bookshop and they're like they'll just read a chunk for their book and everybody will perform but us poets we've got to remember like 10 minutes worth of material. We've got to relive and have that living rent-free in our brains for all of that time. Nah, fam, we got you, sold out. <laughs> you two, you two are amazing. All right, folks, ha, we've reached the end of part one of this conversation. Join us for part two in the next episode of Apples and Snakes, the podcast. I've been your host, Yomi Shode. And I hope you've enjoyed today's deep dive into the lives of black British poets and creatives. Big ups to audio producer Drew Hawley at The Lab Studios. If you want to find out more about Apples and Snakes, head over to www.applesandsnakes.org and follow Apples and Snakes on all social media channels. And remember, if you like what you're hearing, please, please, please subscribe wherever you would usually listen to your podcast and rate us and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.